Welcome to the Washdown Podcast, episode number 77, and today's guest is Steve Pope. Uh, Steve has been a firefighter for a total of 26 years, been a captain for 11 years. Um, He also is the founder of the Firefighter Golf YouTube channel, as well as um, the First Responder Golf Foundation, which is why he is here today. We're going to talk about that. And the word of the day is self-awareness. Um, I lost count of how many times we said it, but uh, we had a great conversation. Um, I hope somebody, hope you guys get something out of it. Um, I know I did. So here is Steve Pope and yeah, enjoy. Like I had a sure mic and then we bought some like $20 mics at uh guitar center and that's how we started a little like two track recorder and i bought that video camera so same one yeah i mean it's similar to how i ignorant about a lot of stuff about it and just learned as i've gone along with the youtubing and all that so there is so much stuff to know yeah there's so much stuff to learn like and like so the thing that I want to do to expand out is eventually I want to have a multicam system. Okay. You know, so it's not just, you know, right now we just have the one view and it just kind of takes everybody in and you don't really get a whole lot of detail with whenever people are talking and the expressions on their right. face and stuff like that. I want to have a dedicated camera for everybody and have one for whenever James is here back. So it's got him behind the, the desk. When and behind, he talks. Yeah. For yeah. when he talks and it just boom. do cut scenes to. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. Because, yeah. yeah, that's the same thing with me. I, every now and then, when my friends help me video, I'll, I'll get different angles with either my phone and my main camera just so I can, just something different for the viewer to see. Yeah. And I think it keeps their attention. Yeah. Because if you're just staring at the same thing for, you know, the whole time, it can get kind of boring or yeah. whatever. And mm-hmm. if every video you upload looks the same. and Right. That's... That's a constant battle with social media is to try to stay relevant and right. do new things without doing, like, being too new, you know? No, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you kind of want to, you want to have your style or whatever, but it needs to be a little bit flexible. Right. For lack of a better word. And even if you end up copying others, it is what it is. There's only so much yeah. you can do. But, yeah. yeah, as long as you have your style, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's... It's good to learn where you guys started, but what brought you to do this? So what brought us to do this is, uh, well, basically I tried to shoot myself in the face. Okay. Um, and then after I got out of treatment and therapy and all that stuff, I was kind of kicking around what I could do because by going through all that treatment and everything, I learned I wasn't the only one that was dealing with these issues. Right. And if I was dealing with it, you know, Maybe I could maybe catch somebody before they got down to that point. Right. And so I was like, well, whenever I was in treatment, started going down the podcast rabbit hole, found a couple of guys that I like to watch and okay. they had some good, good stuff to say. So like, you know what? I think I can talk on the, on the YouTubes and uh, <laughs> maybe help somebody. So, and then good. I, you know, talked to Chris and we talked to James and he was our first guest actually. Okay. So he had, you have to go back and watch his. It's uh, I'll watch it. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a great story, but, or not 
great story, but you know what I mean. Story relative to yeah, it's what we're trying to get yeah, out. Yeah, it's relevant. So, um, yeah, and that's started a little over a year ago. Okay. And so. How many episodes now? So you will be episode 77. That's I what think. I think is up there from watching yeah. Mike's and his wife. So, yeah. Yeah, we just uh, released yesterday Bear McCulley's, who was actually a friend of James growing up, who went into the military, couple deployments, came back. Now he's a cop, school resource officer of all okay. things. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, it was good. Well, Steve, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, let's start talking about you now. <laughs> um, so... Been on Kansas City, Kansas for getting ready to come on 26 years in October. I was at the Marion Fire Department for a year before that. Back then, it was very political to get hired in Kansas City, Kansas. I grew up there. Uh, so I was trying to go different department route because it's something I knew I wanted to do. So then, lo and behold, a year on Marion, I got hired at KCK and and worked for my hometown. And that that's something special in itself. And... Uh, my story that led up to all really the main reason I'm here is, um, you know, I was having trouble with my marriage and having trouble with, um, how do you want to put it? The job was, I was starting to be cynical about it and I didn't understand what was happening to me. And then in 2017, uh, a friend of mine had just went through our peer support training we were playing golf. He plays golf with me all the time. His name's Ryan Johnson. And we, he said, I, I opened up to him. I said, man, I just blew up at my son for no reason. And my son is now almost 10. And at that time, he's probably three and four and five. Who knows? Two, three, four, and five. I was blowing up at him. They're just being little kids. and Well, they should know better at that age. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to think yeah. that. And so he goes, Steve, you don't realize what this job has done to you. And at that time... 20 years, he said, you know, over 20 years. And it started making me think, you know, okay, he's right. And it, he told, he related it to me uh, because he had just went through the, the, the training. And so it got me to thinking and trying to be self-aware myself. Uh, I went to my family doctor and got on Paxil too, and that helped, but I didn't like the side effects. But I knew I had to do it myself. And I've, I've gone to counseling. When I leave there, we have to do it ourselves when it comes down to it. Yeah. Um, so that's where I always talk about self-awareness in my videos uh, on YouTube or Instagram with my real talks that I put on there every now and then. And I haven't done one of those in a while, and I really need to do another one because I think they make a lot of impact with the people that do see them, especially on Facebook. Uh, I've had people from all around the country say, keep doing what you're doing, uh, whether it's first responder, a police officer in Sacramento has reached out and stuff like that. And so that led me when talking to Ryan led me to um, being self-aware and on my own journey for myself to make my family life better, let alone uh, my work life. And golf has always been something that I, when I'm out there, I just get lost in the moment and you don't have to worry about things. It, it's probably no different than people that enjoy fishing or hunting or whatever outlet they have. Um, so I thought, I'm going to start, and this is late 2019, I'm really thinking hard about doing something with social media because that's how a lot of us communicate, YouTube being the number one that I was going to try to do at first. And 
So I did a lot of research uh, on YouTube about how to start a YouTube channel. <laughs> and Isn't that hilarious that right. that's a thing? Right. And yeah. I'm going to do a video about how I started my own YouTube channel <laughs> because that video, when people type in how to start your own YouTube channel, will hopefully pop up. And will bring eyes to the mission on about what the channel's about. That's a great idea. And that's kind of what I've been doing a lot more of, uh, stuff like that. It doesn't necessarily be 100% golf specific anymore. Um, I try to keep it that. But, like, we just, my family and I went down to Tulsa. And there's a a park there called Gathering Place. It's a free park, huge. Uh, People donated money to build it, these uh, philanthropist, I, I guess that's the right word to use. And anyway, wonderful place. I walked through with my phone filming it and I just finished the video and I'm going to release it in a couple of days, but that's the type of video that when people search about going to that park, they're going to come across it. I give my little talks at the beginning, at the end about what the channel's about and hopefully it makes an impact with somebody. And some people send messages and say, Hey, keep doing what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. So that's really what it's about when it comes down to it is continue to find a way to spread the mission, just like you with the podcast. And after you contacted me, really, even before the other podcast I've done, I've never thought about doing podcasts, but it could be an option in the future for me. Um, So anyway, I started the YouTube channel and that was the first thing. And then... I met the War Horse for Veterans people, and they told me down there, this was like February of 2020, and they said, Steve, you really need to start an Instagram. That's one of the big ways to push what you're doing. And so I did, and it has been probably the, one of the biggest uh, growth spurts for the, for the foundation as far as getting more eyes on the mission of mainly getting first responders to reach out to me. So... Um, going through those two, and then I did Twitter, and I've shared a lot of my stuff on Facebook um, as well. And then I am just started TikTok like two months ago, and I'm not doing dances or anything, <laughs> but it's just another platform. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. We, we've had, uh, we actually, I don't know if it was the, the video that'll be out next week, but maybe not. But we had... Uh, and we might not have filmed it, actually. We probably didn't because it was pretty rough. Uh, yeah, we had a long talk about TikTok. <laughs> I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I know a lot of people are. But like you said, it's a way to get the word out. Right. And, you know, visibility, especially doing the things that we're doing, is so important. Because, they're you know, people know about it. But then also, I don't know if you've had the same experience that I've had of having people come up and tell you, yeah, I watch it, but then they, they wouldn't acknowledge that they watched it in front of any other, but <laughs> any other person, you know? Yeah. And it's like that stigma is still there whenever it comes to mental health and first responders. Right. I mean, it, it really is still there as much as we want to talk about how it's getting better and, and it is, but it's still there. I agree with you. I, I was just thinking about that is either yesterday or today about how I think how a lot of, first responders probably haven't reached out to me because of what you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part because the military has all this, this side of what they're doing. And I think they talk about it more for them. Mm-hmm. Plus they've been talking about it longer for them. Yeah. And I think it's just one of those things for us. I, the, I story, I, this is 
people that have came up to me because I wear just like wearing my foundation shirt here. But before that, my uh, firefighter golf logo that started the whole thing, that brand, I was wearing that hoodie and a uh, retired Olathe firefighter came up to me. So he worked out at Shields and he said, uh, what's that your firefighter golf about? So I explained it to him and he started tearing up right pretty much right then and there. I'm talking about PTSD and he went on to tell me a story about some of his stuff, but one one thing that stuck with me was he said he had a military buddy that saw some things, and his military buddy told him, he goes, I don't know how you first responders do what you do, because you guys see that stuff almost every day. Yeah. So through all this, I've and I've just come across another um, podcast and Facebook page that they have a trailer on there, and a, a firefighter talks about, we live society's trauma almost every day i've never heard it put that way and that has stuck with me yeah. and that's one of the best ways to, to say it i think uh, it's different for first responders than it is for military but it's the same i guess it, it's hard to explain i guess it yeah you and i can sit here and talk all day about it and we know what we're talking about and yeah. i think military guys do too and gals but it's just uh it's just different for first responders in my opinion yeah it is, and it's. I had a long talk with one of my buddies that spent a good bit of time in special forces, and you know the what it boils down to is trauma is trauma, hundred percent. You know, but the way that we go about it is vastly different because, at least my interpretation of it. So military people, and this is again my interpretation of it. I'm not trying to speak for anybody else, but you know they see more of their friends getting hurt, shot, killed, blown up, that type of stuff. Now, they see the civilian side of it, too. Right. You know, in a war zone, things happen and civilians get injured or killed. So they do see that side of it. For us, it's more of we see the civilians getting hurt, injured, killed, and occasionally, you know, we see a brother or sister that's going to get hurt. The main difference, I think, that separates first responders from military is the military people, they come back from deployment. Whereas we're going to drive by that same house where we just did CPR on that three-year-old. Right. The very next shift. Right. So we're constantly in the area of trauma, you know, right. And constantly having those reminders. And if we don't deal with that and really deal with it, not just, ignore and override or stick it in the lockbox that right. is never going to open up again. Well, it's going to open up oh. again. You know, it's not a lockbox. <laughs> it's a, it's a cardboard box sitting in some water. So it's kind of leaky, you know? Right. So yeah, we really have to push that and have people deal with their stuff because if they don't, right. then, you know, how many people are we burning out? I mean, I don't know about your department, but I know about my department We've had more people leave in the past couple of years because of this type of stuff than it used to be nobody left. Yep. But people are just like, no, I, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't want to see this anymore. I'm going to go sit behind a desk or I'm going to go cut grass for a living or I'm going to go do anything else but this. Right. The same thing. Our yeah. department, they're leaving either for other departments where they might not have as much. Yeah. Um, see as as much as you would see on our departments. I mean, I can only imagine what it's like in New York and Chicago and Philadelphia and Atlanta and LA. Yeah. Um, I mean, you guys 
see a lot more, I think, in, in KCK. But we we have our good volume of calls of just the bad stuff too. So, yeah. you know, you mentioned about trauma is trauma, and for me, mine was anger management issues, uh, irritability, hypervigilance, and when I did an interview from <laughs> on my channel, this the the psychologist talked about allostatic load. And that's something that I didn't know, but over time, all that stuff just builds up, builds up, builds up. And your analogy of cardboard box and water, that's that's the perfect analogy is because it, mine would come out at my family, um, at some of my friends out on the golf course, albeit a place that I wanted to, yep. you know, get away. But, you know, so me using golf... And using that with the foundation and my YouTube channel, which is Firefighter Golf, and now it's the First Responder Golf Foundation. But that backstory there was pretty cool using all the social media. And like I touched on with Instagram is, um, so Instagram, I started back in like February, I think, of 2020. And then that summer of 2020, a golf pro from Kansas City Country Club reached out to me. And he wanted to meet for lunch and, and talk. And so I met him for lunch. You know, this is right when COVID's going on, so and it's it's tough to meet people. We met outside, and and he, his name's Andy Fisher. He is uh, involved with the PGA Hope, which is for the military, in the PGA of America. So there's 41 of those sections across the country, and so he goes, "I love what you're trying to do for firefighters." And the way he, I guess, found me is because I clapped to one of his posts. He got a hole-in-one at this backyard golf course, and I'll tell more of that story here in a little bit. But So that's what made him, I think, reach out to me. Mm-hmm. And so he said, I love what you're doing, but let's do it for first responders. And we already have the blueprint in place for what we do with the PG of America. And I said, okay, okay. He goes, okay, I'm going to try to get you to meet with the board. But, again, COVID's going on, so it's hard to get all those pros from golf courses together and the board. So I would – meet with him either over the phone or I met him one more time and you know he's kind of guiding me I'm kind of doing things on my own now but uh it was he was wonderful getting me going in the direction of starting a foundation because we couldn't do it under the PGA of America because of COVID but the hope is that we can get this to grow across the country eventually using the game of golf because the military already does it and uh I think it's it's something that Golf's a tough sport. I wish I was a fisherman and a hunter because I probably would have named it the First Responder Sporting Club or something like that. Yeah. And maybe it can grow into that type of branch type of stuff and in the future. But right now, it's centered around golf and trying to get first responders on the golf course to have a good time. Uh, even if you're not very good, who cares? Just come out and play and use the game of golf to hopefully decompress and reinvigorate so you can go home and your family notices that. Or you can go back to your work and next shift and you don't feel so bad when you drive by that house where you did CPR on a three-year-old. Yeah. You know, maybe that's one way to help each other. You know, yeah, we got to do it ourselves, but it's something like that that knowing that you and me have had issues sitting here talking that we we can call each other and say, hey, man, had a bad day. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Yep. And just hearing your voice will, or getting on the golf course, whatever it might be, that's that's what it's about. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, you got to do something. 
And that's what we've talked about a bunch is, you know, you have people go and they'll go to a therapist and, or a treatment center or whatever it is and go one time and, oh, well, it didn't work. Right. Okay. Well, maybe that treatment didn't work for you or that therapist didn't work for you or that hobby didn't work for you, whatever it is. Keep trying stuff. What do you got to lose? You can either continue to be a miserable, <laughs> y- you know, right. you can be miserable or you can keep trying stuff and try and find something that works, you know, and that's the, that's the thing. Whenever your hobbies are starting to become a chore right, and you're not having fun at them, maybe that's a pretty good sign that something's going on. I, I mean, let's, let's just be really <laughs> honest. We're not the swiftest, uh, you know, what am I trying to say? Not the sharpest crayons in the box or whatever, whenever it comes to being self-aware, like you talked about. Right. It's like, oh, well, you know, I was up all night, so that's why I'm irritable, or it was this or that, or the other thing. It's never the thing that it is. But all those things are factors. Yeah. And that's the problem, I think, like you, you, you kind of alluded to, is we don't really want to admit that. Oh, no. Because of the tough guy mentality. Um, and if even if you do say, yeah, yeah, I I kind of joke around when I talk with some people. And I, I mentioned it at uh, one of these conferences that I went to speak at and for our state fire conference in, in Hayes, Kansas. And I said, you either don't you. The problems are people don't recognize they have the problem, which was me. Mm-hmm. Don't they don't really want to admit it, which was me. But when I finally did, because my friend of mine, you know, mentioned to me about, see, this is what's going on, and it made sense. Or you might just be an a hole, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I tell him. I said, no. if, if, and that's and that could be a lot of the problem with people anyway. But maybe those a holes will take some inner inner self look and say, you know, I think he's right. Yeah. Maybe that's what's causing me problems. I've had several people on the golf course that are retired firefighters that used to drink more when they're on the job and they're retired now and they don't drink as much if at all. Well, that's part of the culture. Right. And and that's no different than with cops and military and all that stuff. I mean, it's, I'm not going to say that it's not encouraged or encouraged or whatever, but it's just part of the culture It is of, you know, Hey, what are we going to do for a station outing? Well, we're going to go to the ball game and everybody's going to drink a lot of beer. Right. You know, or we're going to hang out at somebody's house and we're going to drink a lot of beer, you know, or whatever it is. I mean, there's nothing, I'm not going to say there's nothing wrong with that, but it's one of those things where it's like, maybe we could have an activity and all get together and not all get shit faced. Right. Because that would be nice. That would be. I mean, one or two is not a bad thing, but then there's some people that take it over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was that guy <laughs> for a well, long there, time. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, see, I grew up, and so part of my trauma, if you want to call it that, from my childhood was growing up in an al- alcoholic family, both parents. And that I didn't understand what led to my issues once I got into a profession that builds up, like I mentioned, with that allostatic load. And then I get married late in life, and I'm set in my ways, and then you got all those factors just boom. And I wasn't understanding what they were doing to me. So that's the mission that I have is to spread my story because I know 
at the time when I was trying to do it, I knew there was people out there like me. There had to be. And lo and behold, I've had wives message me either through Instagram when they saw my video from across the country and say, that's exactly how my husband is. Now, the problem might be is how does that spouse approach that conversation with their their husband or their 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 wife you know vice versa with the you know being a female firefighter female cop um that's that's a hard thing to do yeah it's uh yeah that's a touchy subject because i know like because my wife used to talk to me about it and it never ended well so i'm fine i'm yeah yeah so it's that's a that's a hard question i i just think so one firefighter that reached out to me, his wife showed him the video and he was able to see it. He contacted me through Instagram yeah. and that's the hope is something like that will continue to make a, make someone's life better with their marriage, with their relationship with their kids, uh, their job, the people they work with. Uh, like I mentioned, so I'm not coming into work as cynical anymore. Um, as you know, it's a great job. Yeah. And you know, I think becoming a captain now for 10 years, that adds a lot of different stress load that I wasn't understanding too. Whereas when I was on the back end as a firefighter, it's like just showing up to work, let everybody else handle everything and just tell me what to do. Yep. So, you know, you got all those factors and, um, so so hopefully some people don't ever have these, these problems that I had from the job, but if they're feeling a certain way, like you mentioned, Hopefully they can look back after they watch this and say, yeah, I, I, he's right. Yeah. Hopefully something, you know, that we say will say, hey, maybe I should reach out and, and get some help or talk to somebody or. Right. You know, and th- it's a common misconception. Everybody's like, oh, well, you know, you got to reach out to a therapist or this or that or, you know, you need to go to inpatient treatment. Maybe not. Right. You know, that's maybe you're not that far down the path. Maybe you know, you call your academy mate or, you know, somebody on your crew and go, hey, this is what's going on. And they can help you through it. You know? Right. I mean, it, sometimes that's all it takes. 100%. So. Well, sorry to interrupt you, but that you, you hit on it with an academy mate. I just spoke to our last fire academy and I'm going to do it with every one of them until even if after I retire, I'll come back. Hopefully a foundation is still going. And I'll talk to every academy to let them know that this stuff is real. Here's what you can look at and expect. So the the foundation doesn't provide the clinical side of it, right. but I have those contacts where I can send people if they would if they would ask me. Yeah. Um, there's a wonderful organization called uh, uh, let me think of it. <laughs> <laughs> Ten Ten Thirty Three Foundation. So that's the police code for I need help. Okay. And I believe that is ten thirty three. Anyway, wonderful Jim. I've met. I've been to two of their board meetings, um, and they came to the tournament. They're going to come again, and they're going to be there for if anybody needs to talk. Um, I have another come uh, a group coming that does art to help with first responders and military, and that's awesome. I'm going to get my wife to go to one of their sessions, and uh, they have like nine week classes and. Uh, monkey, it, monkey brain art they're coming on the podcast next awesome. week <laughs> awesome because i've talked to them and that's that's great they're coming on that's going to be wonderful and they're going to come to the tournament and i, I just want them there to be seen yeah. um 
So my my mother was in hospice and passed away May 25th. But they bring these dogs. This group brings these dogs to come to the hospice house. And they're going to come to the tournament. Because I just was thinking, man, people love animals, especially dogs. They were retrievers. Yeah. And it just, I think I'm going to have them come because I think that's a wonderful way. Just, I don't know, it helped, helped the family knowing my mom's passing away when they came to the room. So I'm going to have them come to the tournament. Um, again, not the clinician side. Mine is more of the awareness slash an outlet side with golf. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that's the first step. Right. Because if you start with, I mean, everything starts with awareness. You know, you got hazmat awareness, then hazmat ops. You know, <laughs> you got awareness of fire is hot. And then, you know. I mean, yeah, like the hazmat ops could be going to see a clinician. Yeah. And whereas the awareness the hope with us talking and what you guys are doing and I'm doing and, and anybody else like Rob Sanderson with the surfing mission is to someone sees it that they say, okay, I'm going to go to the hazmat ops part of it now, which is the clinician and get more help. Yeah, absolutely. But when they leave there, this is us talking is I think one of the most important parts is it's the brother and sisterhood that, we can share this with each other and there's no, you and I are going to walk away from here and not think anything different of each other. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of the stigma is too. Yeah. Cause what's, what's he going to think of me if I bring that up? Yeah. So well, let me, so let me ask you whenever you started all this and went through what you went through to, you know, becoming self-aware and all that stuff, you were already captain at that point, correct? Right. Okay. So how did, going through this change or did it change your interaction with your crew? So I'm glad, glad you brought that up because I remember being at my old fire station before I'm at the one I'm at now. Um, and then the Senate, the cynical side, I, I've, I, I was just, I'd go in my room when I interact with the crew that, that often, um, uh, you know, sitting around the kitchen table and all that in the morning, we all do that. I still did that, but it was just different. Yeah. Um, so since I've started this and since I met the, the people at War Horses for Veterans, I took my crew out there for their first responder horsemanship. And that opened my eyes to how, I'm just going to use generic names here, how Billy was on the crew, how Bobby was, how I was, and it helps us interact with each other. So one might be just like the War Horses, one might be a red personality, and so they're go, 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 go. And they're always kind of like talking. And, and I was a mix of like a, a, a yellow and red, but more on the yellow side. So I'm subdued a little bit, but I, I, I can go, go when it's time. And so I thought that was wonderful when you took the personality test, cause that helped them put you with the proper horse. Right. And it just opened my eyes to be self-aware and also teaching my crew that this is what I'm doing and, and I'm trying to spread awareness and them getting involved is wonderful. And we work much better together. Yeah. I was wondering about that because, you know, it's, I know how I was and I didn't get promoted until last year in September. So I had already been through, you know, two years and, you know, all that stuff was over and done with, but I remember before, you know, I'd spend all day in my room. I didn't really interact. Mm -hmm. I was just very withdrawn. And 
even the interactions that I did have, you know, sometimes would be normal and laughing and joking and all that stuff. But a lot of times it just be short with people, mm-hmm. just kind of be a jerk. Right. And not so much with citizens right. to, to the most, to the most point I would still be professional. Um, just cause I've never been that way. Like for the most part of, you know, being that guy. Right. Um, but I was, <laughs> I was starting to get there, you know, I, I would, bitch all the way to the call and all the way back <laughs> while i'm at the call i'm professional and i'm you know right but then i'm like as soon as the door closes i'm like gosh you fucking kidding me <laughs> right i mean it's like reading the tablet on the way to the call it's like really you know yeah. you're talking to the headset like this to your crew and yeah oh, i'm with you brother <laughs> <laughs> it uh <laughs> no but, but back to how that helped the crew and and now I'm at a different station with a different crew and they all know what I'm trying to do and they've been supportive and, you know, I hope it's helping some of them and maybe they get sick of hearing me talk about all the time that here's what's coming up with the foundation. But you know, the, the whole thing is to try to keep it going because again, it's relevant. Like you mentioned earlier, especially social media, that's how a lot of us communicate. And you know, the department has been wonderful. You, i I told you when we talked on the phone that your guys came over to my station and and we're, we're brainstorming to try to how to make this to grow, yeah. you know, locally, metro area first before we can maybe expand it over the country. But it was wonderful meeting all those guys and and hopefully it can lead to something bigger and better. And tournaments, let's say, because my tournament is August 1st and that's where a lot of the money is raised for the foundation to get people out on the golf course to pay for their green fees and then like during the winter months I, i'll i took four people to or three me and to phoenix to play some golf and i'm going to expand it and probably take seven others this year so as the money grows there's more of that plus there's what's called par events which is peers and rapport so golf mm-hmm. being par my idea with that and trying to think of the acronym for it and you know families helping me my daughter said how about rapport? And so, and yeah, that fit perfect. And the idea is if you're not a golfer for the people that don't know, I mean, if you're hitting a bogey or double bogey, you're probably having some things going on in your mind. And mm-hmm. that's the analogy is I want my brothers and sisters to get back to par. You build that rapport with, with us out on the golf course. And hopefully you leave there at par or better, which is a birdie. I didn't want to use that acronym on a coin. <laughs> that might be a lot. <laughs> that that might be a lot. But uh, so that's the par events that I have. I'm getting ready to have one at the Some Guy's Backyard, and I wanted to touch on that story with you. So Some Guy's Backyard is a, a golf course in Kansas City, Kansas, and you guys have Harris Park, which is a golf course in KC Mo. Have you ever heard of that one? Uh, no, it's, I'm not really a golfer. So. Well, okay, so yeah. but look into that, and for the folks out there, look into Harris Park. Uh, it's a free, I think it's free to pl- go play, but a really? guy built it. It's beautiful. But some guy's backyard was built by his name Zach Bruff and his buddies, Ben and Mark and Evan, college buddies. But Zach, the property is his dad's property, in Kansas City, Kansas, and I worked with his dad for a good seven, eight, nine years in Kansas City, Kansas Station 7. So I knew Zach since he was little. Yeah. And so then I'm trying to do what I'm doing with golf, and they build this golf course. So we've connected. And we're 
I've taken one par uh, event out there with seven other first responders to play golf. It's a simple little seven-hole golf course. You can walk it. You're carrying three or four golf clubs with you, um, and you're having a good time. You don't care about chasing your ball over this way. You don't have to worry about the people behind you. It's just a wonderful place to host these events. And it has to do with golf. It's it's a wonderful setting. They've done it all on donations, and they're blood and sweat and tears. So I would recommend people watching this, someguysbackyard.com. Look it up. It's an amazing place. And that's where a lot more of my events are going to be, as well as the bigger golf courses where I, I bring, you know, if your brothers and sisters from KCMO contact me say, hey, I'd like to play some golf. I say, okay, I'll come to you, or someone from the board will come to you and play golf. And they'll get one of those par coins. It has the foundation logo on it, and then on the other side is the par logo. And they can always have that either to display or they can mark their golf ball with it whenever they play golf. So that's the idea, sharing all that and what the foundation is is going to do. Um, I went to Orlando in January to the PGA Merchandise Show, and uh, I set it up to play with first responders in Florida once I got this resort to donate tee times. And they said, hey, why don't you just get some first responders from around this area? And believe it or not, I reached out to these <laughs> departments in Orlando area, and I got ghosted from their departments, from their chiefs, even their peer support people. Didn't return phone calls or messages. And so I had to put it out on Facebook. So this goes back to my social media mission, my yeah. blitz, and I did it through the Orlando Golf Network on Facebook, and people saw it. A retired cop from uh he lives down in miami now but he drove three hours to come play golf with me because down in miami area they do uh, they get together on the golf course 30 to 50 of them just depends how many of them show up and they pay for their own green fees and everything and just get together and play golf so he had to come up and meet meet me and see what the foundation was about so that was awesome and so i plan on going down there in in november and playing with his group and the foundation is going to pay for all the green fees just to be a part of what they're trying to do and uh, try to grow it down there eventually. I mean, I don't know where this can go. Um, it's still mainly an awareness thing, using the game of golf to help as an outlet. I mean, I, everyone I meet along this journey, someone like you, could have an idea for me to, to make it grow. Or you could know somebody that says, I want to put you in touch with this person because I think they'd want to be a part of this. Yeah. Um, because it, it not just our first responders knowing about it, it's going to take a community to to help us. Oh, absolutely! To help this foundation, um, because the awareness and getting better mentally makes us better firefighters and police officers to serve the public. Yeah, because, like is. you mentioned, you hinted at it with going to a call. Because yeah. we're going through mental stuff. I mean, people yep. don't realize that. Yep, we are humans yeah and they don't see that i mean that's one of those things whenever we show up that might be the only interaction and i had a captain explain that to me and that's probably kind of what kept me going the direction that i was going okay. but he set me down and explained it to me whenever i was brand new on the job he's like look these people this might be the only interaction that they ever have with a firefighter so these are the people that vote on whether or not we get raises, right. new apparatus, all that stuff. So how about we leave them 
with a good taste in their mouth instead of, man, those firefighters are jerks. Right. So, and that's kind of been my way of thinking it's, ever it's stuck since. stuck with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that. And I've, I've heard that too. So it, it's fun when I meet these different firefighters. I played down in Orlando. I played with uh, another retired cop. He saw what I was doing through the social media and came out and played. And then two young firefighters. And one of those firefighters told me that two weeks before he come and play golf with me, they ran a bad car wreck. And, you know, kids died. And it stuck with him so far. And he hasn't been on the job for like five years, but it doesn't matter how long you've been on. Um, For me, none of that stuff has stuck with me in the sense of it's given me nightmares. Others I've talked to said, you know, early on in their career, they've had nightmares because of it. And, you know, it, it, I don't know how to explain it. Just make it simple, I guess. It's just, for me, it was just the allostatic load, and I never understood what that was. Like I explained earlier, is it just built up in me, and then, like you said, it just firework it blew up, or the box was wet, and I, I leaked yeah. out, and yeah, popped out, yeah. Well, and you know, everybody's different. So some people it's right one time, and some people it has to be that cumulative effect. You know, it's not the one thing, right? Until it's funny though, because most people that are that do fall under that cumulative stress or the allostatic load, you know, they'll have one thing that kind of sets them off, but it's not really that one thing. No. It's all of the other stuff, and it was that which just the last straw of, okay, that's it, you know, so. No, 100%, because when I was pointing my fingers at my kids and my wife and yelling at them, I didn't feel good after I did it. It didn't make me feel great. But I didn't understand what was causing that rage, that anger. Um, And, you know, I don't do that anymore very often because I'm able to be self-aware and and step away mentally for a second and and regroup and then come back. And that's how I handle it. Other everyone's different, but that's how I do it. And hopefully that will help anybody that that's watching this to say, Okay, yeah, I'll try something like that. Just, you know, you've heard the f- people say count or or whatever. Mine's just, it's counting, but it's deep breath and then, yeah. so. Well, yeah, and that's the, like you touched on, it's just the awareness part of it. I mean, that's so important because if, and that's the foundation. Because if you don't have the awareness of it, then how are you ever, how is treatment ever going to be successful? Right. You know, if you were let's say you got mandated to go to therapy or whatever because of something that happened. Well, if you don't think there's a problem, no amount of treatment or no modality is going to work. Right. You have to admit that there's a problem first Mm -hmm. and be aware. So yeah, dude, I'd I'd love what you're doing. Yep. So appreciate it. It it was my way of doing what I can with telling my story, using the social media. I, I, I've met, at Warriors for Veterans of all places. Wonderful. Love that place. Love those guys and, and gals there. Is I met a pastor there. And he uh we were there cooking for Kansas City, Kansas police who were there doing a horsemanship program. So the Warhorse guys invited my fire crew out to cook because you know, you know <laughs> how that goes. Because yeah. that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. And so we yeah, cooked yeah. for them and they were having their board meeting out there and this pastor is on the board and he talked to me and 
that might have been before I even had the foundation approved by the the feds. And uh, but anyway, it was wonderful to talk to him. And we've I just talked to him yesterday because he has he's has something to do with that pleasant Pleasanton firefighter that died. Uh-huh. And so he he does a lot of that stuff around this metro. Uh, I don't know. Taking it to the streets, they've been at your guys' fires and stuff, probably just like they have ours. I've, I've heard of that foundation, yeah, yeah. So he does that where they'll hot chocolate and donuts and yeah. whatever. And so he, I met him, and you know, for the people that have faith, and this is a calling for me to do this. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, you know, meeting someone like him, the other people that I've met along the way, like you getting told about me through the war horses guys there's the connection and yeah. it's like it's all supposed to happen for a reason yeah and during that journey starting all this up there was so much trepidation uh anxiety whatever words you want to use because i was <laughs> ignorant about how to do any of this social media stuff except clicking on facebook and and looking at stuff and so all the research i did to start the youtube to do the instagram to get better at it um it, it was a lot of anxiety to just do i really want to do this but that's where i'm saying it was a calling for me to get get over that hump to want to do it because i know it's going to help somebody else because i took that journey from 2017 to now still struggling as you know it's a battle every day yeah. to to get in a different hallway, if you want to call it that, get away from the clutter of that closet and, and start going down a clear hallway. I don't know how else to describe it. That's how I look at it and, and breathe the good air. And, and hopefully that clutter goes away with self-awareness and, and the outlets yeah. that different uh, groups provide, whether it's clinical, whether it's golf with me, whether it's Rob Sanderson was, was surfing, whether it's horsemanship with, with the horses, uh, with the war horses for veterans. Um, there's many ways to deal with our stress, but the key is, and we touched on it again, is self-awareness. Yep. You got to have it. Yep. You got to admit it. Self-awareness and keep trying. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you just touched on just in this area, there's three that you just named off the top of your head and there's many more, you know, so the options and the, the help is out there. Yep. It's just, Put yourself out there to get the help. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, even for big, tough firemen, <laughs> you know, it's okay. And the sooner you get help, the better off it'd be. Because if you wait and wait and wait, then, you know, what do we see in our professions? We see alcoholism, drug abuse, multiple divorces, you right. know, guys who haven't seen their kids in who knows how long. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, what's the last thing that suffers? It's the job. Right. And then, you know, okay, maybe you make it to retirement. Maybe you don't. You know, maybe you end up in a parking lot somewhere with a gun in your hand or, you know, jumping off a bridge or whatever the case may be. Or ODing, you know. Or being a lonely, lonely person lost in your own mind. Yeah. Because that's one way I like to explain. I was lost there for a little bit. Yeah. It was a battle, and, and like we, we touched on, and, and it, it's a battle still every day, but it's not as hard anymore because yeah. I've became vulnerable, became self-aware. I know it's okay to be this way. Um, I still believe in being tough-minded. 
Yeah. I mean, just like coaches growing up playing yeah. sports. Yeah. You can battle through. Yeah, I still believe in that. Yeah. But not in the sense of uh, just move on from it. It'll be okay. You know, no, let's talk about it. Let's share our commonality. So I know that you have suffered from the same thing I have and it's easy to talk. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, whenever we were talking on the phone, the whole hurt and injured thing. Right. You know, anybody that's played sports pretty much, I don't want to assume, but most of us can kind of, you know, you've twisted your ankle or something like that. And your coach is like, okay, are you hurt or are you injured? Because if you're hurt, get back out there and play. If you're injured, you know, take a knee, sit down, whatever, we'll get you fixed up. And with mental health, I mean, that's how we kind of have to start looking at it as an injury. And you might need a little bit of help to get over it. Right. Now, if it's just one of those things where I'm having some feelings, whatever, that's 100% okay. And we could call that, put that under the hurt category. Right. Where, all right, maybe you just need to take a second. We'll talk about it. All right, you're good to go. Cool. Right. If not, then we move on to the next step. But that goes back to that whole self-awareness thing and changing the culture to make it okay to talk about this stuff. No, self-awareness. Said it, what, how many times? Now? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to put a counter on that. We should I do a counter. <laughs> it, it, but it's key, in my opinion. All the research I did trying to understand what was going on with me as well before I started all this, self-awareness was said a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and those videos pop up on YouTube about firefighters or police telling their stories on you know news channels but you know those get can get lost in the shuffle of it and that's why i'm trying to do something where it's relevant and i put something on there as much as i can through social media where it's not interfering with family and they've been supportive with what i'm doing so thanks thanks to them um you know and the wife staying with me uh strong woman she's a teacher she has stresses too yeah especially these last few years with covid and you know, so God bless the teachers, and and it, it's just a matter of being self aware, being vulnerable is okay, and that's the message a lot of the time. So we, you know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to tell yeah. someone, you know, that you love them, even if you don't know them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what you touched on—the vulnerability part. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's not gonna make you bad at your job. You know, if you have an emotion, right? It's it's fine. It's normal. It's that's called being a human. We're not robots, right? So, you know, and I don't think there's a danger of people just. I mean, obviously, maybe somebody breaking down on the scene or whatever. But even if that happens, you know, if you're still doing your job, it's fine. You know, do your job, and then afterwards, if you need to break down, then break down. Right. Like I said, we're not robots. I mean, you you can probably agree that I mean, when that call comes in, we a switch comes on with us. We're going yeah. the we're we're trained. We've seen those calls over and over, and we just go into that mode. Yeah, most of the time there won't be emotions coming out. Yeah, it's it's not like till afterwards, said. right? And yeah. then then it's okay, like you just mentioned, to finally talk about that. Yeah, afterwards when you're back at the firehouse, sitting at the kitchen table, out on the apparatus floor, with yeah. the chairs out there in front of the fire station, it's okay. Yeah. It doesn't need to be joking about, you know, lighting Joey's shoes on fire or <laughs> or pouring water from the roof. That stuff's fun, too. Yeah. But it's okay to talk about 
the realness of what goes in our minds, like we've talked about with the allostatic load. It's okay. Yeah. That's the culture that we need to have now. And not saying that the old culture was completely bad with the tough mindedness, but it, it, the stuff was never talked about. And yeah. like I mentioned, it's okay to be tough minded with all of this, yeah. but you got to be self aware that there is this stuff that runs in your mind now. Yeah. And here's well, what it is. Well, the realization of when to push through and when not to. Right. I agree. You know, and we're, we're terrible about that. And I, you know, I keep bringing it back to the sports thing because that was a large part of my life for right. a long time. Me too. But, you know, you, we're our own worst enemy whenever it comes to that of, you know, being quote unquote injured. No, I'm good. I can play. I can play. I can right. play. You know, you, well, you can't even stand up. Your leg is in two pieces. No, you can't play. I <laughs> <laughs> joke <Joe Theismann> <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, but that goes back to the self-awareness thing. Yeah, I really need to figure out how to do a counter. On <laughs> it, it, that's the theme today. Yeah. I mean, that might need to be the introduction. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the the title. Yeah. That's absolutely. If I can fit that many words on the title, then it will be in there. So, but yeah, man. I mean, that's the thing. It. We're at the point now where so many of us are going through this stuff, and it seems to be, and maybe it's just because I'm in it, that it seems to be hitting a lot right now and has been for the last, I don't know, two, three years yes. where that awareness that there is a problem is starting to get to the forefront a little bit. Um, but it needs to come full circle, you know, like everybody needs to aware, it needs to be aware. Everybody needs to admit that it's an issue because, you know, we still have that old culture where it's, you know, pushed through that tough mindedness in the wrong way, you right, know? Right. And I take it back to like, even whenever I was in the Academy, we had one of our instructors come in. He's like, okay, this was the mental health talk for lack of a better term. You put your feelings in a box, put them under the bed. You can have them back when you go home. So, which if you look at it from a different, from a certain point of view, it's not wrong. No. It, it's compartmentalization, but it's only the first part of compartmentalization. You still have to take all that stuff back out and deal with it. Right. Or else then you've got the cardboard box and you've got the all the other stuff that, the allostatic load that comes along with that of stuff just building up and building up. It's like you, those Saturn missiles for 4th July. Those yeah. ones that, boo, boo. <laughs> yeah. that's what it could happen. I, I don't know. That, that's an analogy. That I just thought of it when you were describing the box. And, yeah. You know, it keeps building up and it's just going to, yeah, it's going to go. Yep. And when it goes, it ain't going to be pretty. No. And the thing you agree that we're trying to stop is the worst one of them all is dying by suicide. Yeah. Next, you, you, you touched on it is the, the substance abuse. Yep. Ruining your family. Not seeing your kids because you've ruined your family and you won't change. Or you won't be aware of what it is causing the problem. Yeah. Or you might just be an ale. No. <laughs> <laughs> but my hope is that one of our brothers and sisters will step back and say, he's right. Yeah. Well, that's the whole reason for the podcast. Yeah. And that, that's the whole reason for your foundation. Right. You know, 
if we can prevent just one, that's a win. That's a win. And let's take that one and let's build on it. Let's prevent two. And now we're going to prevent three. You know, and, you know, James asked me the question whenever we, uh, we've been doing this a couple months at the time. And he was like, so are you prepared to fail? And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, do you think it's a, it's an actual attainable goal to completely eradicate first responder suicide? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different factors that go along with that, but even if I don't think that that is possible, why would I not try? Right. Why would I not try to save as many people as I can? That's like going up to a burning building or going up to a house that's got a bush on fire in the front and it's kind of licking on the siding a little bit and there's a bunch of people inside. Well, that house is going to burn down anyway. Might as well not go in and save anybody. Right. Why would I do that? And like you touched on earlier, it's a calling, you know, and I talk about that with the fire service. I'm not going to say everybody, but I would say a majority of people that get into the fire service feel like it's a calling. It's something that they've wanted to do. It's just in them. Right. And I agree. You've got now a second calling with your foundation. And I feel like kind of this podcast is like kind of my second calling of this is a way that I can help out, not the public so much, maybe. But it helps them. But yeah. In a roundabout way. Yeah. But helping out my own brothers and sisters. Right. The people that I go to work with every third day or more often, and that I'm going to go into burning buildings with, that I'm going to run EMS calls with, I'm going to be at that car wreck with, I I want to help those people too. Right. I want to take my experiences, the things that I went through, and hopefully they can learn and not have to have those same experiences and not have to go through the same things and not have to get down the road as far as I did. So, and you're doing the same thing with your foundation, which, you know, as many people as we could have that would do stuff like that. Hey, that's just money in the bank. Win, win. Yeah. Uh, You know, sitting there listening to you give that talk right there, that last snippet. That's something I've enjoyed with the networking and not necessarily the networking, but just maybe coming in contact with people. Like I mentioned that Olathe retired firefighter and just really sitting here and listening. I mean, I sat here like, I mean, you you probably see it on the video when you go back through this. I, I sat there and listened to what you had to say. Whereas I think when I was going through what I was going through, I I really didn't listen to people. And that's been a wonderful change. Uh, One, because I, I can take in what you just said and process it and not want to talk over you. Um, but I've found that just a wonderful thing. Just hearing that last spill you gave of just wanting to sit here and listen. And that's what it's been like with a lot of people, uh, through this whole process. So it's just something that I think changing people that they'll see once they want to be aware that there's something going on in your mind. Like right now, just saying that I feel like, I lost the load. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. That's the only way I can tell people is right now I feel at peace. Whereas even during the middle of this podcast, I still feel like there's something back there in that closet. But right now, just listening to you there, I don't know, cleared my mind. Does that, does that 
makes yeah. sense I, I, to I, you I, because yeah. we can relate. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it's like playing golf. It, And then here, just listening to your last part, I, yeah, it just it just hit home. So Yeah. Well, that's it's funny you bring that up because that's one of the things about the podcast that I love is being able to sit down with people like you right. that are doing stuff like this and hear them talk about it so passionately. It's like, okay. And that's another part of that whole not being alone thing. Right. It's, it's like, okay, there's somebody out there that cares just as much as I do or more, even more than I do. And they're, they're putting in the work and they're doing things. And yeah, man, that's, it, it feels pretty good. Yeah. I haven't had much negative vibe from people. That's saying, you know, I've had one person make comments on my Facebook page or Instagram <laughs> saying, and he's like a retired cop out of Chicago or something. I knew what I was getting to when I took this job. Oh. One of those guys. And it's like, well, I'm glad you came out of it unscathed. And then he, he retracted what he, he, what he was talking about and said, well, I get it. I just don't want people to abuse the help that they're. I said, I get that. That's in every walk and profession. There's that they I think it's like two to six percent in every profession abuses the system. Oh, absolutely. And you're gonna have that. Yep. I and it's funny, I was reading this to one of my, my crew and he goes, It sounds like this guy has a problem. Yeah, usually the people who scream the loudest that way mm-hmm. are usually if you take a hard look, or not even a real hard look, they're the ones that need the help the most. And just Go back to that buzzword, self-aware. Yeah. They're just not. And, and just to, to those people, I, I I just want to say that, you know, I'm trying to help our brothers and sisters because they'll serve you better as the general public. Um, they'll be better for their families, and it's just better all around for all of us as a society. Yeah. Um, because this is real. The, the, the things that we see stick with us. And like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we live society's trauma. Yep. And that 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 stick with me. I'll probably always use that. So, <laughs> um, whatever I can use from somebody else, if you want to use something from me, the self aware, <laughs> then then by all means, if it helps someone, that's what this is about. That's yeah. the main mission. The main goal is to stop, like you said, that one dying by suicide. The families staying together you know, from my story. And so there we go. Yeah. I don't think I could have said it any better than that, <laughs> Steve, man. I really appreciate you. No, coming I, on. I love coming on, spreading the mission, you know, sitting at the table with somebody that has been through something different than me and sharing it to me. They don't need to know about it, but you shared it with me. And that's the most important part. I can look you in the eyes and, you know, there's general, general feeling of, of, of love for you now as a human being that you've shared that with me. And that's what I think needs to happen in yeah. society, whether it's not our profession. We all have stresses in this world. Yeah. So for the people that aren't first responders out there watching this, if I can bring them any bit of self-awareness, like my, I say it on my YouTube channel, because if you're a golfing fan, you're watching me, hopefully I can help you have yeah. a better life. Yeah, So absolutely. And, you know, we've reached the point in this country, and I think probably worldwide, mental health is a crisis. Yep. And it's it's with everybody, you know, and everybody has their own thing, their own trauma, their own issue, whatever it is. 
go back to that self-aware thing, if everybody would just be 10%, 10% more self-aware, how many problems would we mitigate? You know? I mean, how much better would we be able to make our society? Right. You know, how, mu- how much better would your interaction with your loved ones be, with your friends, with your... With a stranger. Yeah, with a stranger. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's... It's a big mission, but hey, man, I'm in it for the long ride. Yeah, it's it's worth it. And you know, like I said before, why would you not try? Yep, I like that. Yeah, I like that. So, all right, well, Steve, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it immensely. Um, love what you're doing with your foundation. So, any way that we can help out, um, you know, send us flyers and stuff. We'll get them posted up on Facebook and all that. Okay. Well, um, ironically, the tournament just filled up because I posted it all over Facebook. But um, if there are any first responders that see this, that want to come out to the t- tournament just to hang out and enjoy the taco, the the street taco dinner afterwards, ooh. come on out. It's about getting as many people out there, even if you don't play golf, first responder-wise, and just hang out with your fellow brothers and sisters. Yeah. You know, I'll meet you. I'm not playing the tournament. I'm just going to drive around the golf cart and hit shots with the group so I get to meet all the people that are supporting the foundation. And, yeah, come on out. Um, Contact me if you want to play golf. I'll come to you. I don't care what part of the country you're in. If you're Alaska, I'll come to you. (laughs) I've had people from – I did a podcast with a guy from England. Nice. And there's been firefighters from over there reached out. Man, if you ever come across the pond, then – and I'd love to go over there. So – yeah. We'll see. St. Let, Andrews. Let's grow this darn thing. St. Andrews. There yeah. you go. See, you're not a golfer, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I may know some things. Okay. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> not very many things. But. Thanks, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate oh, it. Appreciate it. So like we end every episode, if you guys are struggling, reach out. If you know somebody that is struggling, reach out. Let them know what the resources are out there. There are a bunch. Um I would list them all, but we'd be here for days. So, look, the important part is, like we've touched on and said it, self-awareness and just keep trying. That's the thing. Don't give up. You're not alone. Um, There are people out there who care about you. So, if you know, like I said, if you know somebody that's struggling, reach out. Let them know you care. Um, And we will see you next time.